Okay. This morning we're talking about staying passionate about life. Are we feeling passionate this morning? I know there's quite a... Whoa, I just dropped it. Sorry, came out of my pocket. Getting too excited. Um, I know that quite a few people this morning have told me they didn't sleep a lot. They didn't, they woke up, at, or some people went to bed too far too late, they were busy partying, but others, they were woken up by children and dogs and just the atmosphere, and uh, so they didn't get a lot of sleep. How many people didn't sleep a lot? This, uh, that's very odd. Yeah? You know, you could have been up praying. <laughs> no, you all got yourself. I'm going to wake you up if you look sleepy. Just nudge each other. If, you know, if I hear any snoring, just give each other a nod, a nudge, nod, <laughs> a nudge. <laughs> we'll just throw things at you up there, at the back. You're listening. Yeah, we'll just throw things at him. All right, so we're staying passionate about life, and I know that some of you are sleepy, but I'm just, so I just want to get something good to take away with me for the week. Yeah? All right, so let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that we can come together. We thank you that we are family. We thank you that we're part of your family, that you've chosen us, you set us apart, Lord. You, um, you brought us home to you, and we want to thank you for that. Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you do do and all that you're going to do in our lives and on the lives of those around us. Lord, you love everybody. And uh, Lord, one of the things that glorifies you is when we are passionate about our life that you've given us. Every breath that we breathe is from you. It's a gift. And Lord, so I pray this morning the words you've laid on my heart, that they would sink deep into our hearts, that they would renew our minds with your word. And we would go from this place encouraged this morning. And I'm excited about what you have for us, each one of us, in our different places in our lives, Lord, in different seasons, that we would know that you have a plan and a purpose for us and something to jump out of bed in the morning for. I pray that you would just um, minister to us this morning. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. Angels, we welcome you here, the whole family in heaven, Lord, that we would just be one this morning with you. We pray in Jesus' precious name. And we all said, amen. You know, as you um, go through life, you'll probably recognize and realize that there's a lot of people that have lost their passion, their zest, their zing. They're bazinga. Yeah, I saw that on the back of a number plate this week. I was like, bazinga. They, often we've lost our bazinga, haven't we? And uh, you do meet people like that, and sometimes that's how you might feel. And uh, lost their enthusiasm for life. At one time, you might have been excited about your dreams, but as time goes on and the dream feels further and further away and things aren't happening, um, and you get disappointed and you have experiences, and the pressures of life can just squeeze out all that lovely excitement and that bazinga, yeah? And uh, lost the fire. Anybody relate to that sometimes? Just like, oh, really? Another day, another week? Well, this morning I want to encourage you that Jesus is the biggest zing and he'll put the zing, the fire, back in you. Amen? Are you ready? All those that didn't get enough sleep, just nod. Amen. All right. Because you've got to understand that most of our life is actually routine. Remember I talked a couple of weeks ago about that we do things just by, you know, routine, just rote, and we don't actually think about a, a huge percentage of what we do. It's just we do it. By, you know, it's just our behavior that we do. Um, 
and that anything in our life, no matter how exciting, can actually become stagnant if we allow it to do so. You know, anything in our life, the good things and the things that we were once excited about um, can become stagnant. You can have an exciting job, but it then can become boring. You were so excited when you got that job, and now you think, oh my goodness, it's Monday morning, yeah? We, can come, we might be married to those most amazing, loving person, but uh, if you don't nourish and look after that relationship and put something into it, over time, it's likely to get stagnant. You know, our relationship with God, it can become stagnant if we don't put time and, you know, effort into it and, and start to do things that maybe take us out of our comfort zone. You know, if we just keep on doing the same old, same old things in our relationship with God, it will become stagnant because it just becomes boring and a pattern and routine. Whereas God says, Jesus says, I have come that you might have fullness and abundant, overflowing, over-the-top life. I love the amplified on that, by the way. Yeah, super abundant life. But if we don't keep that life alive and that connection alive, anything will become boring, and our life with God is one of those. You know, if we don't continually step out of our comfort zone, you know, we, and, and go, God, what do you want me to do? What's next? It all becomes ho-hum, you know, drum. What's the word? Ho-hum, yeah. Humdrum, that's it. <laughs> uh, and, and that's what church is about, really, is to spur one another on, to do exploits for God, to have something that wakes us up and gets us passionate about life. Because Jesus, really, he is the one that gives us life. You can have, you know, all the, the positive self-help books that you read, but really, when you read the Bible, Jesus is the one that gives us the passion, that gives us the zing and the zeal. Without him, it's all just a lot of positive thinking. But he's the one that is our life. You know, with him, when you're connected to him, it becomes easy to, it just flows out of you. It just bubbles up and flows out. But you have to stay connected to him. We have to work at any relationship, any part of our life to keep it fresh. And God and our relationship with him is, this, is that too. It doesn't automatically happen. Does it? You know, I was um, talking to the Lord and, and um, I was getting my eyebrows waxed, actually. And I've been to this beautician for quite a while. Sorry, guys, for the waxing stories, but anyway. And I was lying there and she was complaining about her sore back. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing, my time. And the Holy Spirit interrupted and said, well, when you're finished, you can pray for that back. And I'm like, oh, oh really? You know, because if you don't do things, you get out of practice. And, you know, you can stand up the front and tell all the light, but if you don't do it out there, then it's just a lot of words, and you can get out of practice. So I'm lying there going, oh, okay, and I'm trying to lie still because, you know, you start to get <laughs> fidgety when God asks you to do something and step out. And so I did. I said, oh, would you like me to pray for your back? You know, God's healed me lots of things, and I believe that he is a God who heals. And she just looked at me and she went, yeah, that'd be great. It was cool. So I prayed for her and, and she said amen. And I have to go back but, um, and see her again to see how she's going. But it was like I, I could feel my heart racing. I could feel life surging through me and I knew I was alive. Why? Because I got out of my routine of just getting lying there. Ouch. You know, just lie there getting waxing done. But you know, <laughs> I, because I stepped out of the routine. And with our life, staying passionate about our life, there is routine that you've got to get up and do those things. But when an opportunity comes, grab it. 
Grab it, because that's what causes that life to surge up and bubble up in us. Otherwise, it's all just routine. And you, say, and you can put your brain into automatic pilot and not even have to think about half the things we do, don't we? But when God wants us to, he just has these little, little miracles happening along the way that he wants to, us to be a part of. And it what makes the zing happen in our life. Amen? So watch out when you're just, you know, doing your thing. Go, God, where are you going to interrupt me? I love when God interrupts me because I look back in the day and I think, that was a good day. So pray for little, little up interruptions. Yes? Are we awake? Still not at me, the sleepy ones. Good, good job. All right, 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul was saying to Timothy, don't let your fire go out. Stay passionate about your life. Stay enthusiastic about your dreams. Stay on fire for the things that he, God had planted in his life. Now, everybody, God has put different things in your life. He's put dreams and aspirations and hopes and visions. Everybody has different things that God has stuck in there and imparted to you. And, he, and Paul was saying to Timothy, you know, when we pray for you and we lay hands on you and God spoke to you and you knew that God was saying something, God fired you up. Well, don't let that fire go out because the pressures of life and the things of the world and the negativity around you is just like this big suction. and can suck it out of you and we've got to fire up ourselves and stay connected to the fuel for that fire. Otherwise, you just feel like you've been run over by a Mack truck half the time. You know, there's big dumpies with the huge mass of wheels, and you can feel like that. And Timothy, he's saying to Timothy, don't let your fire go out. Don't let your fire go out. Stay passionate. Stay passionate about what God has called you to do. There's still a spark in everybody. Put your hand on your heart. Is it beating still? some faster than other. You're still alive, so that means you still have a spark. And maybe under a whole lot of stuff, you may have had it beaten about a little bit, it might be a little bit dinted, but it's still there because you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, then God has a plan and a purpose and something for your life. He has opportunities that just he brings along. He says, make the most of every opportunity. If he says that, then there must be opportunities. God won't say, make the most of an opportunity if there isn't any. He doesn't, you know, double speak. If, it's not, if he says it, then there's going to be opportunities. We just have to, yes, I'm alive. Right, let's go. Okay? I'll preach myself happy this morning. If you lost your passion, you, got, you just say, okay, God, let's, let's go back and find what happened. And one of the things that you can actually lose your passion for life over is when your heart is damaged and you've been brokenhearted. And I want to encourage those people this morning that maybe they've felt like their heart has been a bit beaten up, where they've had lots of disappointment or they're a bit brokenhearted. Is, um, Philip read it out last week about healing, actually. It's from Isaiah 61, and um, Isaiah prophesied that, that the Messiah was coming and that he would heal the brokenhearted. And I want to read it to you because this is Jesus. He stood up in the synagogue when he came and um, he read this, and this is why he came. So if you've felt like maybe your dreams have been squished and you are a little brokenhearted, this is good news for you. That's why the gospel is called the good news. 
He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus actually came to heal the brokenhearted. And at one time or another, often many of us have had that. We've had our heart broken. And maybe you're sitting here this morning knowing that your heart is broken, that it feels like it's shattered in pieces. But Jesus actually came. He said that I have come to heal the brokenhearted. And he says he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and Jesus sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today... This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to, because he loves us. And if he who has made our hearts has the power to heal it. He's the one that created us. God is a creator. He's the same God who created the heavens and the earth, who holds the moon and their sun and their orbit. He's the same God who exists outside of time and space. He's the same God who fashioned every person who's sitting here in their mother's womb. He is the one who brings life and he is an active part in molding every cell and every membrane of every person. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what has happened to us, no matter the reasons behind why our hearts might get broken or are broken, regardless of the pain of the past, he says that he can heal it. And he is faithful. And he does not depart from his word. He says, if I came to heal the brokenhearted, he says, I can heal your broken hearts. So I want to encourage you, if you've had a bit of a knock around, or you know the stuff that's back there in your past and you've just been covering it up, Jesus says, I have come to heal your broken heart. But to be healed of your broken heart, there's one thing you've got to do. Just one. Just come to him. That's all we've got to do. When our hearts have been broken, all we've got to do is come to him. He says in Matthew 11, Come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Too often we think God is going to put this great big heavy weight on us. And he says here, my yoke is easy. When he's saying his yoke is easy, is he's on one side of the yoke. The yoke is something they put on the cattle to, to draw things. He's on one side and you're on the other. And he's, he's carrying you along. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he says, come to me. If you know that you've had broken, your broken heart or you know you've been beaten about inside, he says, come to me. I have come to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who are captive, to give recovery of sight to the blind, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what Jesus still does. He still heals our broken hearts. But he can't heal it unless we come to him. And he's constantly always calling, come to me, come up here, come, come to me. And we sit there and go, no, no, I'm all right. And slowly that fire in us is getting smaller and smaller and dimmer and dimmer. And you know why? Because we don't come to the source of the fire. 
We don't come when our hearts have been broken and beaten about. We don't come when we've had disappointments or we feel like our dreams are so far away. We won't come to him because we're so independent. And Jesus says, come to me if you're heavy laden and you've been trying and trying and trying to make things happen and you feel like it's so far away. He says, come to me and I will heal your broken heart. Because when you've got a broken heart, it's really hard to run the race, isn't it? It's really hard to soar like an eagle. But Jesus says, I have come to heal your broken heart and to bind your wounds and to put you all back together and to set you on your way. That's why he came. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to heal your broken hearts. That's good news to us, amen? Psalm 147 says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And he says, he'll do that for us. You know, he counts the stars in the heavens and calls them by name. Don't you think he knows about your condition of your heart? He says, he heals the broken heart and binds up our wounds. Psalm 34 says, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. So don't feel like God is away off and he's too busy. I hear that quite often. Oh, God's too busy for me. It's all right, I'll just keep on going. He says, the Lord is near to those who are brokenhearted. That's good news to us when we're being beaten around or had something happen, is that he's near to us. You know, and I might, you might look at me and I'm standing up the front here and I'm speaking to you, but I've had my heart beaten about. I've had a broken heart. I've had things that are hard to deal with. And God, if you come to him, you know, sometimes I get this image of God with his great big, you know, there's great big bandages you get in the hospital and they're really big. And I've had God, I can see him in my mind just going around and around and around me and binding me up so that I can heal up. Because he says that he will bind up our wounds. You know, you, can't, you don't usually go through life without getting a few knocks because there's a lot of people out there who will knock you. And the higher and taller you rise, the more they'll knock. Yeah, that's the Australian culture that we need to really pray into, that the taller we rise, the more they shout, yay. Yeah? But you can get a bit beaten about. And God, he says and, um, that if you cast all your cares upon him, he cares for us and he'll bind up our wounds and he'll heal our broken hearts. It's not that you just stay, you know, with bandages. He says, I have come to heal your broken heart. So imagine yourself with a lovely new sparkly heart that's not all beaten about. That's what Jesus said he'll do, that he'll heal our hearts. You know, and I, I teach my kids, there's a scripture in 1 Peter 5 verse 7. It says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And I've taught them since they were really little to have this care bucket. And to, I'm a visual person, so I've said to them, right, when you have worries and you've been disappointed or you just, to take those cares, and I get them to visually imagine taking it out of their hearts and taking it from their minds and just going, put that into the care bucket. And, and sometimes, like Isaac, he sits there and... <laughs> He'll take them from all over him and put those cares of what's happened through the day into that bucket. And then I say, right now, what are you going to do with it? You can't just keep it and leave it in your bedroom so you can come and pick some out later. You've got to give it to Jesus. And so we lift it up and we visually just give those cares to Jesus. And it works because you're not down. You're not carrying the load. You're not carrying those suitcases full of all life, trying to run the race, and you're carrying all this load, is that you give all your cares to Jesus. 
It says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Part of being passionate about life is not carrying around all the cares and worries of our life, all the disappointments, all the hurts, all the things people might have said or done, is we've got to give them to him. You can't expect to run and yippee and jump and leap on high places and soar like an eagle if you're being weighed down by the cares of the world. You've got to give those hurts and those concerns and stuff to him. Yeah, and he says that he'll lift the load. He'll lift the load. And he'll, and he'll put in the stuff that you need to run. And he gives you life. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. You can borrow my care bucket idea. You know, sometimes I feel like I've got one of those big skip bins. And I'm just like, you know? And it's, and it's like there's a lot of stuff that we can. And that's why it's good to keep short accounts and to watch what's going on in our hearts because, boy, you can get a lot of junk in there. You can get a lot of sticky-outy bits and, and hurty bits. And, um, but Jesus is really clear about how to live a passionate life. Oh, Isabel likes my preaching. Okay? Is that good? Yeah? Jesus, also when we do that, when we come to him and we allow him to heal our broken hearts, is that he gives us a new focus. Instead of finding a reason to be unhappy and negative about our lives, which is really easy when we're not letting him heal us up, when we're not casting our cares upon him, we get so weighed down that all we can see is the mud. We can't see what grows in mud. Yeah, We can't see the good things because we're too focused on the bad stuff. And, we, and instead of finding every reason to be unhappy and negative about our lives, we actually have to change what and who we're focusing on and focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and on the good things in our life. The good things in our life. If we're always focusing on the negative disappointments and talking about them and reinforcing them, then that is giving them power in our life. If you're constantly only talking about the bad stuff, you just keep on reinforcing the bad stuff. Your mind is hearing it, your whole body is hearing it, everybody else around you is hearing it. And you know, you don't need to talk up the devil's stuff. He doesn't need talking up. The media does a very good job of that without us adding to it. We don't need to talk up all the stinking, thinking stuff the devil from the pit of hell is trying to do around the world. Yes, we need to be aware, but let's pray into it. You know, you can sit on Facebook and feel really depressed after five minutes. You've got to watch what's going into our hearts. And yes, we do need to be aware of what's going on, but let's pray. Instead of talking all the muck, the devil doesn't need talking up. He doesn't need talking up. We need to be saying, you know what? God has a plan. And start to speak heaven on earth. What is heaven doing? What is heaven doing today? What's heaven doing? Because then what's heaven going to want to, wanting to do in your workplace? What's heaven wanting to do in your street? What's heaven wanting to do with your life? That's what we talk up because that's what's going to fuel the fire inside of you because you've been given a, a flame inside of you. You've been given a purpose and a plan. You've been given God's stuff on the inside of you. And if you just talk up the devil's stuff, that God's stuff, just squish, squish, squish. So you've got to talk it up. That's what it means to fan into flame. Fan into the flame the good stuff that is around you in life. You're, it's not hard to find negative stuff. And you know negative people find each other in a room. 
Let's not do that. They find each other. You put a crowd of 100 people together and the negative people that, you know, <laughs> that could find anything negative to talk about, they'll find each other in a room. And it's like, goodness me, how did that happen? And the positive, yes, people, they'll find each other. Let's, let's not talk up the devil's stuff. He doesn't need talking up. He's under our feet. We walk in the blessing. We reject any part of the curse. Don't talk them up. You know, sometimes you just got to switch off the news. Sometimes you just got to push the button on Facebook and go, you know what? I don't need to hear about that right now. Yeah? Let's talk up what heaven is doing. Let's learn how to walk in the blessing. You know, that's something I've been asking God to do with me is, Lord, how do I walk in the blessing? How do I walk in the blessing that was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that's given to me because I'm grafted in to Jesus? You know, the blessing that was given to Adam that was then given to Noah, that then was given to Abraham, and then to his sons, and then to us because we are part of Abraham's family because his sons and daughters are the king. You know, we have a blessing that's been given to us. How do we walk in that blessing? Because when we walk in that blessing, I tell you what, you're going to get excited. If you read Deuteronomy 28, they are ass. Those blessings are a rejection of every curse. And Galatians said that Jesus broke the curse of the law off us. Once and for all, it is broken. That's something to get excited about. Amen? Yeah, we don't have to live under the curse. And if some stinking thing crawls along into your life and it looks like it's sickness, poverty, lack, disorder, strife, every stinking thing of hell coming in, you go, I reject that. That's part of the curse. And Jesus has bore that curse for me on the cross of Calvary. He died and he took that curse upon his body and it is null and void in my life because I'm the child of the king. So if you see that stinking thing crawling in, you say, I reject the curse and I walk in the blessing. And Lord, show me how to walk in the blessing. Show me how to operate in the blessing because a blessing is the stuff of heaven and you can pull it down. Oh, we've been having fun in a prayer meeting pulling the blessings down because you can feel it. It's stuff. It's the stuff of heaven. It's not just like this nice little word. It's the blessing. The blessing with a big capital T. The blessing. Because the curse is what the enemy brought in and it's where disobedience came in and there was this curse got brought into the world because any of the blessing, when it got in contact with the devil, it turned all bad. But Jesus, he said, I broke that curse, and now you have the blessing. But you've got to appropriate it, there's Sharon's word, in your life. You've got to appropriate, you've got to take hold and know what that blessing is. If you don't know, read Deuteronomy 28, the blessings. And don't look and go, oh, look at all those curses, all those boils and things that grow on you and all that, because you should be happy when you read the curses because you don't have to have any part of them. You're free from the curses. You don't go, oh, look at all those terrible things. Shout, yes, I'm broken free from that. I can be happy that I don't have any. I'm in the blessings. And say, God, show me how to walk in the blessing. Show me how to pull heaven down into my life. Show me how to give it out. You know, we're meant to spread the Garden of Eden all over the planet. Have you ever wondered why some of the planets are just empty? Have you ever thought that God's plan is that we would spread the Garden of Eden all, all over those planets and take authority over them? That's something to think about later. You know, we've been given the blessing. It's ours. And too often, as I said, we let that haggy thing come up, the old life, the cursy stuff come up and steal the blessing out of our life. Amen? We've got to change our attitude and understand who we are and quit looking at what's wrong in our life 
and start being grateful for what's right in our life. You have the blessing of God on your life. If you've asked Jesus Christ into your life, he has set you free. He has cleansed you from his, your, your sins. He has made you a new creation in him. You have a place in heaven. You're a son and daughter of the most high God. You have opportunities because he said it. You have opportunities every day coming your way. You have power that resides on the inside of you that raises people from the dead. Resurrection power is residing in the DNA of your new creation. You are not some plebby, forgotten about, timid thing. He says, I have given you everything you need for life and godliness. He says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I've given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Am I preaching you happy yet? Are you awake? Nod to me, the sleepy ones. Amen. Amen? See, there's still a spark on the inside of you. It just needs to be fanned up. just needs to be stirred up. Charles Cap says, my people say what they have rather than having what they say. Too often we talk about all the stuff that is happening that isn't good instead of you know, saying, having what they say. We need to have what we say and the good stuff. Say, I walk in the blessing today. I'm blessed as I come in and I'm blessed as I go out. Practice this when you get home. Stand on your doorstep and go, I'm blessed as I come in, go in the door, then turn around, I'm blessed as I go out. Oh, I'm blessed as I come in. I've got the blessing. You know, you'll get happy just dancing on the doorstep. Your neighbours will wonder what you're doing, but you're blessed. You're blessed. I've got the blessing on me. I've got the blessing on me. I've got the blessing on me. Say it. I've got the blessing on me. I've got the blessing on me. You're going to get happy doing this. I've got the blessing on me. I'm blessed as I come in. I'm blessed as I go out. I'm blessed as I come in. I'm blessed as I go out. Amen? I'm free from every curse of the law. Come on now. I'm free from every curse of the law. I have the blessing on me. You know, that blessing brings you favor. That blessing brings you increase. That blessing does whatever God has asked you to do. It makes it happen. And it makes you think, well, it's not happening straight away. Well, you know, it happens underneath. I forgot, I was going to bring my potato to show you. But I planted these potatoes in the soil, and I couldn't see what was going on underneath, but they've got the blessing on them because they've got life in them, and they're springing up. And I actually dug up one. I was digging around getting the weeds, and here's this lovely potato. I was so excited, I took a photo and put it on Facebook. <laughs> I get, you know, I think that it would be good for all of us to actually plant something and see what it does because that's life. that has life in it. It's designed to grow, and it reminds us of what God's principles of life are, that he sows something. You may not see it under there, but keep on speaking it. Keep on believing. Keep on speaking the good things. Keep on concentrating on heaven instead of all the stinky devil stuff and it will grow and at the right time at the right season it'll pop up and you'll start to see it growing and then it'll bear fruit there are seasons and there are times in our life and we've got to know what season and time it is and not get impatient don't get impatient because at the right time and season it will bear fruit yes so concentrate on the blessing and change your attitude you know you can say my dreams may not have come to pass yet I may have had some obstacles in my path, but I know God is in control. <clears throat> I know he's got great things in store for me, so I'm going to get up each day excited about my life. 
You know, as Sharis wrote that song, it said, you know, sometimes you don't feel it. Sometimes you've got to just tell your soul to sing. Sometimes you've just got to tell your soul to sing. David did that all through the Psalms. You know, he was having a rough time, but then he says, but I know that God is in control, that I know that God is in heaven, that he is on the throne. Sometimes you just got to tell your soul to sing. Even when you don't feel a thing, just tell your soul to sing. Because your spirit's zinging, but your soul pulls it down. Your soul is your emotions and your mind and all those things. That's the fleshy bit of us. Our spirit is singing all the time because it's alive in Christ. But our soul, you've got to tell it to sing. You've got to speak to it. You've got to speak to your emotions. You've got to speak to your mind. You've got to speak to your body and say, come on now. Come on now. I might have only had two hours sleep, but come on now. I know that, Wayne. I've had six children, and most of them did not sleep for the first three years of their life. So I know when you've dragged yourself out of bed and you... And you've got to tell your soul to sing, and you say, I have, you know, and I had to stop myself saying, I'm so tired. I'm so, I was tired. But I had to stop saying that because the more I kept on speaking that, the worse I felt. So I say, Thank you, Lord, that I have all the energy I need to get through this day. Thank you, Lord, that I, and when I did it, I was okay. And when I kept on going, I'm so tired, I was right off. Ask my kids. Yeah? You know, this one, she would sleep four hours a night. She decided at two o'clock it was time to party, and that was it for the day, and so <laughs> she still does that. <laughs> you know, and quite often we were doing youth ministry at a time, and we wouldn't get to sleep till two, so she'd perk up at two, so then I'd have to be at church at nine o'clock the next morning, so we like, sometimes I've just got to tell myself to sing. <laughs> yeah, stay awake, stay awake. You know, Philip, he learned the power napping thing. I never got that down. He's trying to teach me, but it's not working. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to tell your soul to sing. Even when you don't feel a thing, just sing louder then. Just speak louder. Just thank God and focus on the good things. Focus that you have a Savior who loves you. You know, count your blessings. Go through and count your blessings. Learn to be happy where you are. Because otherwise you're never going to be happy anywhere. If you can't, you go, I'll, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy if this happens. You actually got to learn to be happy where you are and give 100% where you are now. Now, the Bible says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord, the Bible says. You may not have the perfect job or the perfect house, you may not, your relationships might look all sparkly and wonderful, but you can be grateful for what you do have. You can be grateful for what you do have. Every day is a gift from God. There's a scripture in First Timothy that I woke up this morning, it was on my mind, and uh, I might have gone to sleep even thinking it. And it was First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. It says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry nothing out. Now, godliness with contentment. Now, we've got to have our goals, and God gives us dreams and visions and passions, but you've also got to learn to be content with where you're at and enjoy that as well. Yes, keep things in front of you. Keep things in front of you, but also be, learn to be content with the good things of the day now. 
with what you've been given right now. Be grateful. Have an attitude of gratefulness. You know, my dad, he, he didn't learn this, and so he always said, you know, I don't know why people don't learn from those older. So I learned this from him. He was a man, a vision, visionary man. He was always looking ahead. He was always having some idea and quite often have the ideas and then somebody else would do them because he could see things and pick up things. And he was a real visionary. And he, and he was like, didn't fit often. But, and I really respect that about him. He's, Philip is like that. He's always looking ahead and he can see things. But my dad, the thing he didn't learn was also to be content with what he did have and enjoy the moment he never quite got that. He was always like, what if, oh, I'll be happy when this happens. I'll be happy when I can build a big house and, and I'll be happy with this and that. And he had some really cool ideas. He had this idea of building this two-story house and putting a slide down instead of stairs for the kids so we could zoop a doop down <laughs> on a slide. So it was a great idea as a kid, you know. But he had ideas and he was always looking ahead, but he didn't grasp the being content with what you have and learning to... Just enjoy the moment. He missed it. Too often he missed the moments. And it wasn't until he was nearly went to be with the Lord that he realized that. He was like, just enjoy the moments. Just enjoy the moments. Because he missed so many of them. Because he was always, oh, but what if? And he couldn't enjoy himself. So I learned that to be, you know, godliness of seeking God and having, and having him in your life and, and seeking after faith and righteousness and doing what God wants, that is great gain when you're contented in him. Godliness with contentment is great gain because we can't take it all with us. What we can do is put into people's lives and spend time with them. So focus on the moment instead of trying, you know, try to stay in the moment. When you are having this awesome day or this moment or you're with people you love, stay in the moment. Stay off your phone, you know, and stay in the moment and just enjoy what is before you. Yes, have things out in front of you, but enjoy what is before you and, and hear people around you and try to seek to understand them, hear them, look at them, focus on the moment because that moment is gone and you can't live it. You know, I was reading this, um, this, this week about um, that is 940 Saturdays, I think it's 940 Saturdays in a child's life um, from the moment they're born to the time they go away to university. There's 940 or 960 Saturdays and um, then it's gone. Now that seems like a lot, doesn't it, 940 Saturdays? But... Isaac is five years old, and he's already had around 240 Saturdays. And I could get quiet down about that, because I'm a little bit melancholy. I go, 240 Saturdays are already gone. I mean, Isabella's had four, four Saturdays already. Yeah, and I could go, oh, you know, I've missed out on that. Or I can be very sanguine and very, you know, not get all melancholy and sad about it and go, all right, well, if I've already had 240 Saturdays, what am I going to do with the other Saturdays? What am I going to do with the other Sundays? Or the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays? What am I going to do? And focus on those. You see how it's so important not to go to the sad side? We've got to go, you know what? I'm still living. I've still got a fire. I've still got something inside of me, and I can spark it up. I've still got time. I've still got time. I've still got time. 
have a list. You know, Philip talked about his five confessions. How's been, how are everybody going with that? About having things that you say over your life when you get out of bed in the morning. Good. Some of you are like, <laughs> you know, have a list. And it'll keep you fired up and keep you focused. Have your five confessions. Or count your blessings. Have ten blessings. Have ten things that you can be thankful for through the day. Ten things. I tell my kids I'm number one. They can be thankful for me. I don't just tell my kids. I think I tell quite a few of that. Yes, I do, see? (laughs) I say, be thankful. Find things to be thankful. Ten things. Ten things. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm thankful for you today. You have to turn around to Ivan's all by himself. (laughs) You know, that's one. See, that was easy, wasn't it? Now, if your husband or wife is sitting next to you, you can give her a big sloppy kiss. No, only some of you, you know. We have a six-second rule. I'm not very good at it, but Phil, it's much better. Six-second rule for kisses. Anyway. (laughs) Too much information, (laughs) man. Ten things that you can be thankful for in your day because I tell you what, that'll stir you up, it'll spark you up, it'll help you to be passionate about your life if you're saying, I am thankful for this and not focusing all the time on the things that aren't going well, but what is? The other important thing is to keep passionate about your life is to have fresh goals before you. Some people have lost their fire simply because they're not pursuing anything. Are you pursuing anything? Are you interested in anything? Have you got something to be excited about? Need to understand how God has created us when we're to be forward-looking all the time. He says, you know, you can have monuments and things you can go back and say, wasn't that great what God did? But not that we live in the past, but he says, step forward to the future. So forgetting those things of the past, we step forward for the future and we grab hold of everything that Jesus grabbed hold of us for. We have to, if we live with low motivation and few dreams and not realistic goals, you're likely to become stagnant and plebby feeling. You've got to have realistic goals and we've got to have something that we can look forward to. Pursue a new goal. It will keep you fresh and excited about life. Don't make it have to be this great lofty thing. Yes, we all can have those, but have something that you can grab hold of now. Maybe it's to finish school or increase your income, be a better parent or grandparent, exercise a little more, go for a trip, read a chapter of the Bible, go and tell somebody. Maybe you have a goal, write down your goals, make them plain before you, and each day go, what can I do today to get me closer to that goal? What can I do today that will help me step into that goal? Because if you don't, you're just going to keep on in the routine, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You'll just keep on doing the same things over and over. You've got to change something up. If you want to stay passionate about life, you've got to keep on changing it up. You've got to keep on pushing forward because that is how God has created us. He says in Ephesians 3 verse 20, he says, that I will do super abundantly more than you can ask or think or dream or imagine. So if you have a dream, then God says he wants to do super abundantly more than you can ask for in that dream. He wants to blast your dream and make it bigger. But first you've got to actually have something you're pursuing and then hold on to it. I love that scripture, Ephesians 3.20, just for you, if you want to have a look at it later. It says, I will do, and Amplified is really good, I will do super abundantly more than you can ask. So ask bigger then. Come on now. Stir into flame that which God put on the inside of us. You are not plebby little Christians. You're not bumps on a log. You're not just timid. You're not something that everybody else is just going to walk past. 
You glorify God when you sparkly for him. When you shine for him, you're a light on a hill. So don't get under the, oh, it's just too hard, it's never devil, and you talk up the devil's rubbish. You get away from that and you speak what heaven is wanting to have in your life. Heaven is doing in your life. He has a plan and a purpose. That is why your heart is still beating. And some things might not have gone your way. I tell you what, I have a whole list of things that have not gone my way. Believe me. But... I have a great big list of things that have gone my way. I have an awesome man as my husband. I have six amazing children. I have an amazing son-in-law. I am so blessed to have Ivan as our son-in-law. You know, God does super abundantly more than you can ask for. I'm not trying to embarrass him, but God has done far more than I could have asked in giving us Ivan as part of our family. And then what does he do? He gives us little Isabella. As part of our family. He'll do far more than you can ask, but too often we're staying in the negative stuff and we forget to ask because we just get so under it and we forget to give our cares to God and to come to him when we're heavy laden. And so we just get under it. And that's the devil's plan because he comes to steal and kill and rob and destroy. But Jesus came to give us fullness and abundant life. So ask have your small goals and then have your blinkity blinky ones. Yeah, have those ones that you can go, I'm going to do this today, but then have your sparkly ones out there that you have something to aim for. Shoot for the stars. Because God is in the stars and he numbers them and he knows their name. Amen? What are we focused on today? Pray that God will give us a spirit of gratitude to be thankful and to speak up what heaven is doing and not talk up what the devil is doing. And that we'll focus on the good and not take it for granted. Not take the day for granted. You are breathing. You are alive. You live in an amazing country. You have people around you that love you. Look around you. The people that are here love you. They're happy when you come and sit down beside them. They're happy when you're here. Look at Linton, he's here. <laughs> Might be a bit sleepy, but he's here, all the way from Kalgoorlie. You know, it's like, yes, we've got a family. We've got our families, and then we've got a big family that love and care for us. We have a lot to be grateful for. Have you eaten this morning, or you're about to eat? You'll be grateful for that. Yeah, we've got a roof over our head, wherever it may be. Yeah, people love and care about us. We have a reason to get excited but we've got to remind ourselves. We've got to tell our soul to sing sometimes because that's what makes us passionate about life. And when we're feeling like we're weak and sorrowful, we can exchange that for heaven's joy and strength. Remind yourself this week, when you're getting out of bed tomorrow morning, yes, I can go to work today. You know, you're not obligated, you know. You actually have got a breath in your body so that you can you can actually, I can do this. Not I'm obligated to do this, but I get a chance to go to work and earn money to, to, you know, to have the life I have so I can give. I get a chance to look after these children or these grandchildren this week. I get to do that. I get to stuff shoeboxes this week for little kids over in Cambodia. I get to do that because I've got hands and feet. I get to do it. Not I am obligated to do it, but I get to do this because God has given me breath. And sometimes we've got to tell ourselves that. Sometimes we've got to tell ourselves that. Tell your soul to sing. Because you have life and breath in you. And, and 
God opportunities all the time. Say, God, what are the opportunities you have for me this week, this day? And then run at them. Run at them and you watch that fire, that little spark that's flickering away inside, you'll fan it into flame and you'll glorify God when you do it. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that we are alive this morning. We thank you for this roof over our head. We thank you for the people sitting next to us. We thank you for the families you've given us, the people around us that love and care for us. We thank you that we have food to eat. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you loved us so much, Jesus, that you went to the cross for us, that you died to take away our sorrow and our brokenheartedness and our disappointments and our fears and our sicknesses. You died to set us free from that curse. And you rose again and we have been given the blessing. And I thank you for that this morning. I thank you that you will teach us how to walk in that blessing, Lord. Teach us how to walk in the blessing. Teach us to just glorify you in our lives, Lord. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would fan into flame the words that I've spoken, that they will just ignite things on the inside of us and encourage us. And when we start to go over to the negative side of our lives, Lord, you remind us to stay on the positive to look up to heaven and see what heaven is doing in our life. I bless everybody here. We impart your blessing to everybody here. And to all those listening on the podcast, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We bless you as you go in and as you go out. We thank you, Lord, that your blessing is upon us. And we're free from the curse. In Jesus' precious name. And we all said, Amen.